0: Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, misters and the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. In today's episode, we are continuing our discussion on the symbolic origins and stories and mythology and magic behind the signs of the zodiac with a discussion on some of the symbolism and magical elements of the sign of scorpio scorpio is situated in one of the brightest areas of the milky way and at one time it was considered to be the largest sign in the zodiac and this is really due to the fact that it used to be a double sign, so it's Scorpius, the scorpion, and Celli, or Libra, which was the the claws of the scorpion. As we discussed in our previous episode, the Romans, um, however, transformed the scales into Libra. Some of the important dates relating to Scorpio: so solar conjunction uh, astronomical is uh, November the so 22nd to December the 16th. The Rashis is November the 17th to December the 15th. Tropical, October 24th to November 22nd. The house is Mars, so it's a very kind of fiery, um, fiery sign from that point of view. Uh, the element is water, which is again interesting. The the uh, opposites going on there, Mars being a, a planet of fire and the element being water. The attributes of Scorpio are determination, its strength, its secrecy. Um, Some of its colours are blood red, maroon, burgundy, and purple. And incense that normally fits with Scorpio would be things like um, benzoin, so heavy sort of spicy incenses, dragon's blood, etc. The angel of Scorpio is Barbiel, um, who is kind of known as sort of sort of like a a fighter really so it's it's looking at when you know when when we've, we've got lots of troubles going on in our life um, this sign is very much this angel is very much kind of that that element of fighting back and defending the weak So let's move on to some of the kind of stories behind Scorpion, some of the meanings. So the stars of Scorpius uh, throughout history have represented for the most part a scorpion or similar animals. Um, It's thought that the constellation originates when the autumn equinox moved into the constellation around 4000 BC and it retained the equinox through 1850 BC till 45 BC. For the people that lived in the area of the Euphrates Valley in 5000 BC this sign, this constellation would have been considered to be the sacred god of war and was also a symbol of darkness and decay and the waning year. If we look at Gilgamesh in Babylon he's meant to have been challenged by a scorpion man who guarded the gates of the sunrise which were these great folding doors in the steep side of the mountains and if you go to London the British Museum there is some amazing massive doors like that um, which you can still see so it can kind of give you this idea of this um, these sun gates so to the ancient people the sign of the scorpion and also the animal itself is considered to be a sign of darkness It's it's marking the decline of the sun, the solar, the healing power and it was seen as a scorpion man holding up a lamp. This was also the case with the Phoenicians who lived in Syria, Lebanon and Israel, um, who also saw Scorpio as representing this darkening of the sun as the days grow shorter. It was also seen as the end of the food supplies and the the beginnings of winter. Scorpius, it must be remembered, is opposite the Pleiades, which were the food bringers that mark the spring equinox. So these people were you know traders they were sailors they were nomads they would travel and it was seen as um, a, being a malig- malignant sign and also a bringer of storms and bad weather um alchemists are uh, meant to have also favored scorpius um, however because it was thought that when the sun was in this sign then iron could be transmuted into gold and Traditionally, the alchemists thought were believed that they could produce gold by releasing the spirit from its bondage in matter during November so again it's this idea of death and decay being this transformative um, element being a change from one condition to another so death bringing about a, a death of the material but a release. Of the spirit or release of that um, that essence that sits within that out that matter itself. Um, it was also seen as being a fruitful sign, so very active um, and very much about creativity and reproduction. So that's why it also kind of is connected with the the genitals. But it's also connected with war and the House of Mars. Um, which, you know, if you think about a scorpion and its sting, it's very much a you know dangerous animal that you wouldn't want to encounter. And the scorpion is, is a poisonous creature that can paralyze its victims with one bite of its tail, um, which is quite interesting. And when I was in Israel um, a couple of years ago, I went to, I travelled to the Judean desert um, to visit some of the, the nomads that were living there and they had a plastic water bottle that had live scorpions in it and I was told that apparently in order to... ...make themselves immune to the poison of the scorpion... ...there was a tradition where um, when they reached a certain age... ...they would deliberately be stung by the scorpion... ...and this would mean that it wouldn't affect them... ...if they were stung later on in life. So interesting uh, side story there. Um, And yeah, I mean, as you can see, scorpions... ...you know, they have had quite a bad rap in many different cultures... However, they were also very important. So in ancient Egypt, we have um, the goddess Selket, who is the scorpion goddess, and was considered to be the protectress of the dead. And Selket was, was an ancient Egyptian goddess depicted as a scorpion, and she was meant to sting people that were evil, but also possessed the power to cure scorpion stings and also other poisons and snake bites and for her magical healing of snake bites she was also sometimes known as the protector from apet who is the evil snake god Serket is normally shown as a scorpion or a woman with a scorpion on her head Um, we don't know and i did some research on it we don't know if there's any temples that we're aware of but there were many priests that were kind of dedicated to circuit and obviously Egypt being um, in the desert you know it's a hot arid environment there were there were lots of snakes um, in that region and therefore lots of people would have been you know um, bitten by them or poisoned by snakes so for this reason also circuit was also connected as a goddess of the dead and a protector of the embalming fluids and embalmers and in particular the canopic jar that contained the um the queben kweb, senof i'm not sure i'm pronouncing that right but it's basically like the intestines canonic jar which was associated with poisons um because of her role as guardian of the canonic jar she was also associated with Aset, isis and nebet het who is Neptis, or the, the kind of uh, darker sister of Isis. Um, Nefertari's tomb has the following kind of prayer to Circuit, which I just wanted to quote. Cirket, mistress of heaven and lady of all the gods, I have come before you, O king's great wife, mistress of the two lands, lady of upper and lower Egypt, Nefertari, beloved of Mut, justified before Osiris, who resides in Abdeos. And I have accorded you a place in the sacred land, so that you may appear gloriously in heaven like Ra. And that is a little prayer to Serket from the tomb of Nefertari. If we travel across to Greece now, um, there's obviously lots of myths around um about Scorpio from ancient Greece Greece mythology and one of the most famous myths relating to the Scorpion is the battle between Scorpio and Orion the golden huntsman. In the bulk of the classical stories Scorpio is a giant scorpion that's sent by Gaia who is the goddess of the earth to slay the great Orion when he's caused trouble. As Orion the golden huntsman sets in the west in the spring his arch enemy, the scorpion, rises in the eastern sky and the two opponents, these two massive figures, giants, are never meant to be seen in the sky at the same time. So as one constellation rises, the other one sets. The story of this great battle is interesting and it begins with the death of Orion who is meant to be a young giant and a hunter who is the son of Neptune, god of the sea. And there's various different stories as to how it happened. One is that Eos, the goddess of the dawn, falls in love with Orion and carries him away with her. And then Diana, the goddess of the moon, becomes jealous and commands a scorpion to kill him. Another story that is in Hesiod, um, is related to us by Hesiod, tells us that, and I quote, Orion went away to Crete and spent his time hunting in company with Artemis and Leto. It seems that he threatened to kill every beast there was on earth, whereupon in her anger Gaia sent up against him a scorpion of very great size by which he was stung and so perished. After this Zeus, at the prayer of Artemis and Leto, put him among the stars because of his manliness, and the scorpion also as a memorial of him and what had occurred. And that's a quote from Hesiod. Also, there is another one where Orion is meant to have tried to seduce Artemis. That was related to us by Aratus in his Phinomena 634, the Mare translation from the 3rd century BC. And this goes as follows. The winding constellation River will straightway sink in fair flowing ocean at the coming of Scorpius, whose rising puts to flight even the mighty Orion. Thy pardon, Artemis, we crave. There is a tale told by the men of old who said that stout Orion laid hands upon her robe. What time in Chios he was smiting with his strong club all manner of beasts, as a service of the hunts to that king oenipion but she forwith rent in twain the surrounding hills of the island and roused up against him another kind of beast even the scorpion who proving mightier wounded him mighty though he was and slew him for that he had vexed artemis wherefore too men say that at the rising of the scorpion in the east orion flees at the western verge so after Orion's death, Jupiter is meant to place Orion and the Scorpion up in the stars and each becomes a beautiful constellation. Orion is one of the most well-known, obviously, and brightest constellations in the stars and, um, you know, especially on a winter's night. It's beautiful to go outside and you can see it very clearly. But then in the springtime, and the summer, the Scorpion begins to rise and the power of Orion begins to fade. As well as the story of Orion and the Scorpio, the the scorpion is also meant to have stung the horses of the sun god's chariot, whilst Phaeton was driving them, which causes them to bolt through the heavens and dry up rivers, you know, causing fires and scorching the earth below. And the sign of the scorpion was also greatly feared by sailors as it meant that the storms were on their way. Before we finish, I just wanted to discuss some of the magical aspects of Scorpio as well. So when the the sun enters Scorpio, it's really a time when the life force is seen as entering the dark underworld. The growth of the summer is fading, it's going to sleep, but also a place where its power can regenerate and it can gather its energy and build up its inner resources ready for when the spring returns as we discussed before the elemental ruler of Scorpio is water and the planetary ruler is Pluto but it also used to be ruled by Mars as well which is what we talked about with regards to this kind of warlike element Pluto as people are probably where this is the lord of the underworld and it's you know kind of governs that unconscious minds the things we hide beneath the surface so it's secrets emotions um and sudden endings and beginnings and obviously the tarot card is death this is an energy that's you know about great transformations it's about underworld quests sex death rebirth passion as well as of new beginnings really and the hidden aspects of Scorpio are quite um, nicely expressed by Ivo Dominguez in his book Practical Astrology for Witches and Pagans which I'd recommend people reading if they're interested in finding out more and he said Scorpio is the deep water so filled with the magnetic power of attraction that it wishes to merge with other waters but to do so, it must find serenity. In Scorpio, fixed water pushes against boundaries, discovering secrets and mysteries, experiencing death and rebirth in the process of merging with others. As Scorpio matures, the quest is to learn to love themselves in order to love others with trust earned from experience to experience. Um, obviously Pluto's influence on Scorpio you know can give this sign a, a lot of magnetism and often a deeper kind of insight into the sort of motivations of others which is also quite useful from um, that point of view and from a magical perspective the types of magic that work well with this energy is you know anything to do with sort of psychic um, work, psychic growth, sexual and obviously reproductive magic, self-analysis, and you know, finding out more about oneself. And then also cleansing and you know detoxing and healing as well. That's all we've got time for today. Um I hope you've enjoyed it. I wanted to finish with a poem called The Hymn to Sirket, which is from the canonic box of NS3RWD. Sirket, God's wife, beloved of her husband, the noble and powerful one, who came forth from the primeval water, the noble serpent, great of awe, who heals every snake bite, who sees the two lands in glory, lady of speech, great of magic who causeth people and gods to live who causes to breathe after misery who gives the breath in thanks so much for joining us this week in the awkward london podcast hope you've enjoyed it please um be sure to visit our website at awkwardlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show thank you and good night